Hey, it's Brian Buford from the Employee Success Center at the University of Louisville. And I love nothing more than helping people find meaning and purpose in their jobs. So join me here to talk about how we can make each day at the office a great experience and learn from the stories of amazing people who are leaning into their gifts and talents, all to help you be your best self at work. This is the Employee Success Podcast. Welcome back, listeners. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I'm excited about this conversation uh, with my friend and colleague, Vivian Blade. Welcome, Vivian. Thank you, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. We're going to talk today. You know, the Employee Success Podcast is really all about tools and helping people uh, be their best self at work, find their their joy at work, um, find their purpose. And so today we're talking about the very important idea of resilience, which is uh, an area that Vivian has focused on extensively. So before we start, let me tell you a little bit about Vivian. Uh, She has been recognized as one of Engage Lee's top 100 global HR influencers of 2021. She's a sought-after leadership expert and thought leader. She works with the world's top brands, equipping leaders with the resilience that inspires teams to recover quickly in the face of ongoing disruption and thrive despite insurmountable odds. She's a frequent speaker for conferences and delivers transformative uh, programs, executive coaching, and consulting for corporations. I've seen her in action and, um, you know, always just really uh, impressed and inspired by what she has to say. In her work with the world's top companies, Vivian has applied extensive business, finance, and leadership experience from 20 years with Humana and GE, coaching and developing aspiring and established leaders in building high-performance, high-quality, high-service level organizations. Also, closer to home here for us, she works in uh, higher education as an adjunct professor at the University of Louisville's College of Business. And also, I will just mention, was named a virtue expert by the College of Business for the very principle we're talking about today, the idea of resilience. So that's incredible. We're going to talk today uh, about resilience really from work that she published in her book, Resilience Ready, The Leader's Guide to Thriving Through Unrelenting Crises. And her latest book we've just been chatting about is called Influence which unpacks how to scale this essential skill for greater impact. Hopefully a future conversation we can have with each other. Welcome. What have I missed? It seems like there's a lot. (laughs) Bring a lot. (laughs) That's good. That's a good start. Oh, good, good, good. Well, thank you for being here. I'm excited about our conversation and excited about the work you're doing here. Thank you. I appreciate it. When we think about resilience, um, I know that it, it seems to me from reading your work that your your journey through consulting and writing and teaching and uh, and coaching folks really was born out of your own crisis, right? Like mm-hmm. you, this whole path probably that you've taken started with a crisis. Yeah, that's true. That's true. In fact, 
back in the, the last downturn, 2009, uh, 2008, 2009 timeframe, I was working for GE Consumer and Industrial at the time. And for those in the Louisville area, you know that as, as GE Appliances primarily. And um, we were going through layoffs at the time. And I was in that number that got called to be laid off. I was working for GE for almost 13 years and uh, had moved up in the company and the organization in various roles and, and moved into the executive level, what we call the executive band of the company. And my career trajectory, what was on my mind was moving up, continue to go up that career ladder. And so it was tough when I was laid off. I had a team at the time. I had to lay off some members of my team or find other positions for them. And uh, so it, it was. It was it was a tough uh, time, but a, a transition that I'm grateful that I had that experience that has given me the opportunity to do what I do today. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story. And it's, you know, it's a, 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 an authentic part of who you are. I wonder... Um, if you can think about that moment, because I think crisis is the the uh, arena in which we see our resilience emerge. Like, what was that moment like for you when you're laid off? Did you have a like a I don't know what I'm going to do moment? Um, was it like scary? What what was that like for you? Yeah. So it was like. I can't believe this is happening to me, you know, first of all, um, and with so many of us and so many of my colleagues who were with the company even longer than I had been, who were putting in years and, you know, hours and all of the commitment that you feel like you make to the company. Mm. But um, something happened for me before that that helped me to transition to that point. I had gone to visit some friends in Texas. Well, actually, I had gone to a conference and visited some friends uh, while I was there. They took me to a revival, and during that revival, the the pastor spoke about Second um, Chronicles chapter twenty, where King Jehoshaphat and his country's much smaller were gonna gonna meet a bigger enemy, and God told them that the battle is not yours, it's mine. And when they went to meet their enemy, they were faced with not their enemy. But the enemy had killed themselves, you know, among, among each other, and they were able to uh, benefit from all of the, the, the treasures that their enemy had left. And so from that, that brought a lot of peace for me. I, I came back and used that to share with a lot of my colleagues, the people who worked on my team, where people were worried, you know, we you have a lot of rumors. What's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to happen to me? And people are so worried. So I shared that with some peace, and that became peace for me. So I wasn't totally surprised because of the depths of everything that was going on in the mm -hmm. economic environment at that time. But it was hurtful. Yes. For sure. You know, it's hurtful. So um, we had support for outplacement services. And so I immediately um, just began to, to transition to thinking, how do I move forward? With still with, with a heck of a lot of emotion. But GE was also going to sell or spin off the appliances division a couple of years before that. So I'd had the opportunity to think about, well, if I'm displaced from that, what might I do? And I thought about a consulting practice from that, that point in time. So I dusted off some of those notes, mm -hmm. went to the outplacement service, took actually the survey that said, 
Now, what are you good at? What might you do as you go forward? Entrepreneurship was not on that list. <laughs> but I said, I'm going anyway. Because wow. there were not a whole lot of options at that time. Right. So, and we were staying here in the Louisville area because of our, right. our kids going to high school, my husband's career here. And so, um, but the end of the story or the continuation of the story has been yeah. very fruitful. I'm grateful for the journey. Yes. It's weird in a way to be grateful for like uh, a layoff or a, like, you know, when things are happening to us, we, uh, we don't know what's going to come after, but you know, it's right. in a way I'm grateful for your layoff because it led you to do all this great work. You that who knows it, maybe you wouldn't have right. done otherwise. Right. So you called upon an inner sense of resilience, it sounds like. And you obviously started to think more about what that is. Can you talk a little bit about what is resilience and and why did you maybe why did you frame uh, your, your work around that concept? Yeah. Let's go back a little bit uh, and talk about when I started on this particular work. And that was during the downturn. So I was actually writing a book around career transitions and, and how we get to those career crossroads. Uh, at, this was January 2020, actually. And as the pandemic happened, I found myself, because I work with organizations to help them build better leaders and better workplaces, finding that as everything had stopped, leaders, organizations, professionals, people, all of us, we were stuck. We didn't know what to do trying to figure out in all of the uncertainty how to move forward, how to take our, our employees remote, how to keep people working and stay productive when we didn't have customers even, you know, and, and we couldn't go to the store and, and get anything. So I have an innate need to serve and to, to help and to help make things better. So I decided I'm going to try to figure out how I can help. So as I looked at that work, it looked like it paralleled with, with a lot of the work when you're at a crossroads, you know, how do you move forward through that? So I began to do some research around resilience and figure out you know, how I could provide resources. I, I provided a lot of, of just discussion guides and articles and yeah. just other resources that would help people through that time and began to do research around this topic. And as I did that, I understood, and I love this, this definition from the American Psychological Association around resilience, which is our ability to adapt well when we're facing trauma, crises, transitions, uncertainty. And so it's that adapt piece and how we do that well, which is a skill set that we can build and that we can grow into. We often think about adapting or, or uh, when we think about resilience as rubber band. You know, and so I, I created these resilience ready yes. wristbands yes. because I want people to think about it's not so much bouncing back because we never really come back to where we've been. But it's about the ability to be flexible and to adapt and and to and I want to encourage people to think about how you adapt forward, not just wait and be responsive to, but how you use any of these opportunities to really grow and progress and change along with and even dictate what some of the future looks like in your leadership. So that's what resilience means to me. I love the metaphor of the rubber band. That really um, just says it to me. That's a beautiful way to think about it. So I know that, you know, the pandemic 
must be the crisis of the century for a lot of organizations. I mean, just upended so many, you know, our lives and our work mm-hmm. and our, um, just our communities. And so I, I'm sure that as you have been out there working with organizations, you've seen the struggle. Like, what is that struggle? What, what do you see as you're out there what, when resiliency isn't there? What's the struggle look like for organizations? You know, it, it's fear, you know, first mm-hmm. of all, which also drives us because of the constant firefighting that people get into when you're in crisis mode, you know, you, you respond in that way. And so you respond with more anxiety, which brings on more stress and overwhelm for you and for the people that are working with you. I found in my research that there are three types of fear that drive us, the fear of uncertainty, the fear of loss and the fear of failure. You know, all of those, as we sit here and think about them and think about what we've been through in the last few years, we can all relate to each of those in our lives, both personally and professionally, in some way. And so when we lead with fear, you know, we are, we are focused on the here and now, what's right in front of us. Again, the, that firefighting, and we lose sight of the bigger picture and the bigger opportunities, The other challenge that we face and that organizations are dealing with is all this transition around workforce, having enough people to be able to um, fill the jobs that people have available, to be able to change with the expectations that employees have of their employers and their workplace today, the changing expectations of leaders and the role that they play with relationships in our workplaces. So I see these as some of the the key challenges that Mm -hmm. that people are are dealing with. And we're missing the humanity piece. You know, when you're in that mode of just trying to deal with the day-to-day, and we get so busy, it's so easy for that to happen, that we, we miss out on making connections and taking care of the needs of the people that are around us, as well as being mindful about and taking care of the needs of ourselves. So if, if fear is in the driver's seat, I'm not, I'm not really calling upon resiliency. I'm, I'm just man, I'm just managing. I'm not really leading. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what else leaders, what other sort of triggers leaders can think about, when they are, um, they're in that mode, when they're, when the crisis is sort of running the show, mm-hmm. um, you know, other ways that a leader might be aware that I'm, I'm not, um, taking care of my folks. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, there, there's, uh, another, uh, resource that in my research that I, I found that as we are responding to crises, we can fall into these stages of internal crisis response, is what I call them, from feeling like we are a victim of the circumstance and we are you know, out of control, you know, I didn't cause this, I have to you know, deal with it, I have no control, to settling for the situation that we're in, to figuring out how to survive in it, and a lot of people get stuck in survival mode. And when we do then we miss the opportunity to really take that courageous step forward, which we have to do so that we can get to thriving. So thriving is the fifth stage of internal crisis response. And, you know, it's a process. It's a journey. 
Our goal is to understand how to thrive. It's not necessarily a singular destination. We don't just get to thriving and stay there. But that muscle memory of being able to learn how to flex and adapt, we can know and be able to to see, okay, I am acting like a victim right now. Yes. I am feeling stuck right now, or I'm sort of in this survival mode, and I'm not really growing right now. And so when we can recognize where we are, and understand that the, the levels of resilience fluctuate also as we go through those stages, that we can bring ourselves back to a point of that courageous step so that we can find that point of thriving once again. Yes, yes. I'm, I, I'm nodding um, because I'm thinking about my own experience through the pandemic and having I mean, I feel like I went through all those different stages mm-hmm. of, um, you know, feeling like a victim, feeling like I wasn't in control, feeling a lot like I couldn't make a decision. I was like um, immobilized mm-hmm. at times. Um, so, you know, really struggling to even just figure out how to show up each day, yeah. which of course doesn't serve the organization. It doesn't serve the people around me. It doesn't serve me. I'm not, you know, bringing my best self. Uh, I was just, I was just like treading water. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot. I'm sure you have worked with so many people now who who have had the same experience. We've all been there. I remember when things started and we were going to go, go pick up our daughter from Chicago and and meet her. And just that morning getting ready to leave the house, my knees were trembling because I was afraid to go out anywhere. So we've all been there. We've all experienced that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the good news is that you also offer us some tools Mm -hmm. and I love the five, um, principles, the five components of resilience. Mm -hmm. I think it really helped me to think about um, breaking that down into the pieces. And then how do I start to cultivate and build resilience in my life? So the I would love to talk about each one of them a little bit. So perspective, purpose, perseverance, partnership, and praise. And so tell me about how you sort of conceptualize those. Mm Okay. So again, in my research, as I looked at what does resilience look like and how is it embodied and and looked for examples of organizations and individuals and teams that exhibit resilience, I found that there were these core principles that were common across those examples. And those were the five resilience ready principles that you, you just mentioned of perspective, our purpose, perseverance, partnership, and praise. And so that's how those took shape. And so with Within that, because Resilience Ready is very much a leadership book. It's how we can develop and find our individual resilience, build team resilience, and organizational resilience. It also has a structure of what are the the core servant leadership practices that go along with each of those principles that give us some action steps that we can actually take in order to build this skill and develop our level of resilience and that muscle memory that when we face something, and we're going to go back to victimhood oftentimes, but but how can we move ourselves through those stages to to thriving again? So I love that. And I should mention to our listeners at this point that we will post in the show notes the um, link to your website to, so that folks who want to get the book can get your book and read it and start to dig into this for themselves. So we want to make those resources available to people. Okay, so perspective, the first. Talk about perspective. Yeah. Perspective is all about how we see the world, 
how we see the situation we're in. And so much of us, especially when we're going into a crisis, so much of what is around us is negativity. And there's all this news. I mean, we can think back again to what we've just been through, just everything. And I hear so many people talk about, and sometimes I too just have to turn the news off. And it's like, I can't just take just quite another thing today. (laughs) And so what we have to do is we're thinking about what is our perspective? How are we thinking about what's in front of us and what the opportunities are? So a lot of times I encourage people as, as action step is to inspire optimism and, and inspire a growth mindset, knowing that, you know, if you, if you want to get to something better, you got to go through the fire, right? And nothing is easy in this world. And we're going to go through constant change. We're going to go through constant challenges. So if we get stuck in victimhood or figuring out how to survive, and we don't have that growth mindset that we can grow, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be messy. Then if we realize that and give ourselves that permission, if you will, then we can move, move ahead and move forward. Yes, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the spectrum of like pessimism to optimism. Mm -hmm. And really when we're pessimistic, you know, we're looking at worst case scenario instead of, as you said, opportunity. What could we do? What is possible? Mm -hmm. Um, There's probably some really great things. I mean, we know from your story that um, some really good things can come from this if we kind of shift into that That optimism Mm -hmm. mindset. Yeah. And not asking people to take a Pollyanna view at all, you know, here, but also part of of what you'll find more uh, in the Resilience Ready book. It talks about really looking at what the facts are so that you understand the situation that you're dealing with. And that way you can take that calculated step forward. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the next, this one is really um, dear to me, purpose. I love thinking about this, we'll talk about it. And then, um, because, you know, this is also a a cardinal principle here. One of our values at the university is noble purpose Mm -hmm. and that, that sense that we can uh, be guided by what our purpose is in the middle of kind of chaos, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and our, our purpose and our value system, you know, all of those are like our North star and really come together for us to help, help keep us going, keeps the fuel, right? right? And the energy inside. One of the quotes from my mother that I use a lot and that she taught us intently was that you weren't born just to be born. You were born for a purpose. We were all born for a purpose and organizations exist just like our noble purpose here at the University of Louisville. You know, we, we have a purpose and even in today's work environment, employees, expect organizations they work for to have a noble purpose. And people want to feel like they're doing meaningful work. So we have to connect individuals to that, our team members to that purpose. Make sure we have and understand what our purpose is, our why. I've recently come to be aware of of the, the Why Institute, and they have created a Why Operating System Discovery which helps you to understand your why, your how, and your what. Why you do what you do, what's your passion, why do you get up every day, how do you bring that to the world, and ultimately, what is it that you offer? You know, what are the results that you promise that that you bring? And so 
it's important for us to discover that and understand what that is for ourselves. For me, it's serving, like I talked about earlier. It's helping to make people and make things better. Yes. And and good solutions that people can count on. And so that really is what purpose is about. It's it's understanding what that is, making it meaningful and connecting individuals to what's important for them and how that connects to our team and to our organization. Yes. And so it's uh, if if you ask someone why they're here and they say paycheck and benefits, they, there's more to do, right? We're like our, our purpose is greater than just um, you know collecting a paycheck. Although that that's important, and also our purpose is taking care of our family and all those things. I know, mm-hmm. but the folks who are really engaged, when that real sense of resilience comes when you know the north star, the noble purpose. Mm-hmm. What? Why? Why do you get up every day and do what you do? What is your life about? Right. Absolutely. And if you remember the TED Talk by Simon Sinek, Start With Why, that wasn't the the title of it, but that's the title of his book, and Find Your Why. That's where you start. It is starting with why. People don't buy what you do, he says. They buy why you do it. Yes. So. Yes. mm -hmm. So a great starting point to ask ourselves as listeners um, do we understand? Do we know what our purpose is? Could we could we tell another person why we do what we do? Right. Really yes. powerful. And we can use the why discovery to do that. Yes. Now this next one, perseverance, makes sense to me. How how perseverance gets us through a crisis? But uh, why did you include that one? What? Yeah. You know, here's the way we usually think about perseverance. So. I used to. Now, my doctor has asked me to take better care of my knees these days, but I would (laughs) love to jump rope and run. I would jump rope and run at the same time. (laughs) And so my goal in a workout would be to get 5,000 rope jumps in in a workout. And I would count them by sets of 100. Oh, my goodness. And so uh, when we think about perseverance, that's often what we think about. I got to go through the wall. (laughs) I, I can't stop until I get to that goal. And what perseverance really is more about when it comes to resilience is setting the stage. We have to set the stage for us to be able to do what we have to do because we do have some stuff to get through when we're going through change and when we're, when we're even charting a new path forward, an exciting path forward. So we have to set the stage in a few ways. One is well-being, our own well-being, our organizational well-being, the well-being of our team. So setting the stage for and thinking about well-being holistically, not just physical, but emotional, financial, relational, spiritual, you know, all those things come into play. And then secondly, incumbent upon us as leaders is to create a workspace where people feel trust and where there's transparency. So we have to work hard. And especially when we're going through things, when we don't know oftentimes what's going to happen or what decisions are going to be made next, what information can we share and how can we show up in ways that people can trust what we say and that we're going to do what we say we're going to do. When when I was in GE, we call that a high say do ratio. And so can I, can I count on you? Can I trust you? And can I trust what you're saying? And what information can we share right now? So that's important. Yeah. Do we keep our word? Mm-hmm. Right. And do we think about then? I love that you, I love your 5,000 jump rope, um, that you broke it down into sets of 100. That seems smart. Instead of like 
you know, five thousand. I got to do five thousand. I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna measure myself in a way that I can sustain, that I can get mm-hmm. through, per, that I can persevere, right? And I can keep up with the count, and I can keep up right <laughs> as well. And then I'm gonna think about the folks around me as a leader, making sure that they can, they can sustain through right. a crisis, mm-hmm. and that's, and I do that by being honest with them, by communicating as much as I can. Um, removing uncertainty and doubt. Yes, building as trust. much as you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even when you, when you don't know, just say I don't I don't know yeah. right now. But when I have some information, or let's explore more of this together. Right, right. Okay, partnership. Yeah, and that partnership is that togetherness piece. Yes. Yeah, and there's a quote by Henry Ford that says. Coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. But when we work together, that really defines success. Yes. And so there are a couple of things to think about when we're thinking about partnership in, in times of crisis. And as we're, I want people to think forward, not just trying to get through crises, but how do we really propel forward? One is partnership for ourselves. When we're going through something, we have a tendency to isolate ourselves. And we're embarrassed or don't want anybody to know what we're going through. I was just talking to somebody uh, yesterday, a friend of mine who said that they had COVID. I hadn't seen her in in a while. (laughs) She said she had COVID. And and during that time, she would tell her family when they called to check on her, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Because she didn't want them to worry about her. So we isolate ourselves and we need to make sure that we're reaching out for the support and the partnership that we need among our community. We need to do the same for our team members as leaders. Make sure that we are reaching out to let them know, one, that we care about them, one, that I see you, understand what their needs are, and to help provide the resources that they need or to connect them to the resources that are available that are going to help them get through with what they need to get through. The other thing we need to think about is that we are individuals and people have different individual needs. And we need to make sure that we're connecting also at an individual level to be able to do that. One of the resources that I created around partnership were these discussion guides that leaders could use around each of these resilience ready principles to get their teams together to have conversations about what's going on and how to work through the challenges and the emotions that people are feeling. So partnership is about how we bring each other together. Partnership is also about making sure that we are inclusive and including all the different voices, the diversity of everything that and everybody that is part of our community so that people do feel included and apart, which is it's easy for people to feel isolated and excluded when you're going through challenges and change. I, there are two things that I think about as you're saying that the, the unique crisis of the pandemic was f- forced isolation. We, we tend to isolate in crisis like your friend, but the pandemic also like externally like placed us all in isolation mm-hmm. and how challenging that must have been. And then I'm curious about, you know, the, the world of work is shifting. And now that we, we have learned that you can often work remotely, more people are working at home or uh, certainly here at the university, more people are, have days of the week where they work at home virtually. Mm-hmm. So, does it? Do you think it makes that sense of isolation a greater risk? Is partnership something we've got to be more intentional about even now as we 
work alone more often? Yeah, I think you said it well there, Brian. We do. We have to be more intentional as leaders and as team members to connect because we don't have those serendipitous times that we run into each other. But those are important to building relationships. And our workplace is all about relationships. Getting work done is all about relationships. So we do have to make sure that our employees have the tools that they need both to be productive as well as to make sure that we can make connections and that we are setting up time. I talk with so many leaders who are beginning to set up intentional time with their team members to not just talk about work or work updates, but just Some people call it wellness checks, but it's just touch base time. You know, how are you doing? I care about you and I want to know what's going on with you and, and what are ways that I can support you? Right. Here at the Employee Success Center, we all work something of a flexible schedule now where we work part of the week at home and part of the week in the office. And it's rare that we're all together. And I've noticed this, like this, um, drive to, to partnership showing up in things like we, we text constantly <laughs> more than anybody else in my life I text with my teammates and and, and um, I think it's partly because we don't have those we're not just always here sitting we don't get to have those casual one-off conversations or mm-hmm. you know walking in from the parking lot together so we're 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 creating and kind of devising new ways to stay in touch with each other mm-hmm Yeah. And that will become more of a norm for us. And we are fortunate that we do have all these tools and more and more tools are being created because of the environment that we're getting into now. Yes. Yes. Well, the last um, principle here is praise. And I love this one. So tell us about the importance. Praise is critically important. And, you know, praise, there are a few things to think about here. One is that when we're going through something, when we're going through change, we're asking other people to, to go through change too. We've got to give ourselves some grace and some self-love. So that's first and foremost. Everything is not going to be perfect. When I interviewed Tanya Jackson, she's the senior vice president for supply chain for Lexmark International. She talked about this whole concept of resilience and, and, and praise with our teams. But she said that, you know, we, we have to give ourselves permission and know that when we go through a crisis, when we go through change, it's going to be messy. It's going to be bumpy. It's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. So providing some grace around that and and some learning from that. And then the other important element around praise is that we want to make sure that we are recognizing both the effort that people are putting in as well as the progress that's being made. Now, I see that you are going through a lot just to be here today or just to to get this done or to pull this up on your to-do list today because we have a a deadline coming up or, or whatever it is, and to say thank you. The little things. And and I've had people tell me about ways that they are are showing recognition to their team members with a thank you Thursday or the little handwritten notes, which we miss so much and so much of a digital and electronic world that some of that old fashioned, we were just talking about handwriting and cursive. <laughs> My children and I were just talking about, <laughs> we didn't learn how to write cursive. I can't read that. <laughs> so you know, those, those are just so important though, to touch the humanness and to touch the soul. Yes. I know you're a believer in a handwritten note because mm-hmm. I've received one or two from you and it always means a lot. It's such a beautiful gesture and I worry sometimes it's a, it's getting lost, but what a, what a great, easy way to just show you care when you take time to, to write. 
I, I'm, I'm sometimes distressed, honestly, as I talk to lots and lots of employees, lots of people out in the workforce, I'm sometimes distressed to hear how seldom people feel like they are appreciated mm-hmm. or thanked. Um, it seems like such an easy thing to do, but we just, um, we just get busy, I guess, or we, we get, you know, we move into that place of fear and, we, and all that kind of shuts down. And what an easy way it is to, to um, bring people back together, to engage them, is to appreciate mm-hmm. them, to notice right. when they do great work. Absolutely. And as we look at a lot of the reasons why employees are leaving the workplace today or leaving their jobs, a lot of it has to do because I don't feel valued. Yes. And I don't feel like I'm doing meaningful work is another piece of those. You don't feel connected in relationships. So very important. Yes. For folks in our UFL community, we'll also post in the notes some tools that we've created here. Uh, Laura McDaniels on my team uh, leads our our appreciation efforts, our recognition efforts, which include some on-the-spot, like card grams, we call them, little um, easy cards you can go get and send a note to a colleague and thank them for something. People love them. Um, and just other ways that we can like create a, an, a climate and a culture of gratitude to help people feel like we awesome. do see you. We do yeah. appreciate the, the good work you do. Awesome. That is so important. And to make it easy yes. because we do get involved in the busyness of our days. So that's yes. terrific. Yes. Vivian, thank you so much. This conversation has been so helpful. I wonder, we were going to do a speed round with you, um, but before we do, I wonder if you would like to share maybe um, anything else you're working on or how you'd like for people to learn more about your work, connect with you, uh, because I know people are going to want to read more. Sure. Absolutely. Well, you can find Resilience Ready on Amazon and soon the audiobook will be on Audible. So watch out for that anytime now. Maybe by the time this episode airs, it will be uh, already on Audible. So if you're more of a listener, oh, cool. look for it there. Um, ResilienceReady.today has a lot of resources at that website as well as VivianBlade.com. You can find more about me. Another resource that people might be interested in, Brian, is the Why Operating System Discovery. And that helps you to understand and to discover your why, your how, and your what. Why you do what you do, how you bring that to the world, and what it is you ultimately bring. So if people want more information about that as well, they can contact me. And also... uh, Please connect on LinkedIn. I'm always posting articles, resources, creating conversation on LinkedIn. So I'd love to connect with you there as well. Oh, that's great. We'll put those in the notes as well so people can find them. That's great. Thank you so much. Are you ready for the speed round? I am. (laughs) I am. We um, started this with uh, each of our guests. And uh, so I'm just going to start a sentence. You finish it for me. Love to hear your thoughts on it. So you're, so if you're ready, okay. the first one is success is the difference you make in the lives of others. Mm. A great boss invests in helping others be and perform at their best. The best job I ever had was it is the work I do today and working with organizations to help build better leaders and better workplaces. And I just love that work. Oh, that's great. Someone who inspires me at work is? The people within my professional community 
including you, Brian. Oh, thank <laughs> Truly. you. Truly, oh, you. you've been such a a true value and, and asset and become such a good friend uh, through our work together. And really the relatively short time that we've known each other. So like our relationship, it's the people in my professional community. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Last question. At my retirement party, I want people to say. Vivian really cared about people. She really cared about me and, and she made a difference in my life and made a difference um, in our organization. So I I think that's what people are going to say. That's what they're saying now. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. I appreciate this opportunity to really think about an important principle and how we use it to get through crisis. I feel like crisis is going to be a constant. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. We are in a state of, of constant change, the evolution. We don't want to be behind it. We want to have the skill set and the resilience and the fortitude to be able to be ahead of it and grow with it, navigate it well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. My, um, you know, my tendency is to say the pandemic is over, blue skies from now on, but it it won't be long before we face another, right? Well, we're in inflation and supply chain shortages and rising interest rates and all of that, which, you know, and and, uh, the recession is impending in the coming year. So we um, are in that world that we're going to be in going forward, I believe. I believe so, too. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, you have given us a way of thinking about the path forward. So that's your gift back to the rest of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Appreciate our conversation today. Me too. Thanks. Thank you. The Employee Success Podcast is part of the Employee Success Center at the University of Louisville, hosted by me, Brian Buford, Executive Director for University Culture and Employee Success. Produced by Laura McDaniels with assistance from Amber Corbin. You can find us at louisville.edu slash employee success or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at UofL Employee Success or Twitter at UofL EMPL Success. Till next time. Thanks, friends. Thanks.